What's up, everybody? And on this week's episode of Guys Talking Sports, we have the unfortunate uh, unfortunate time to actually discuss and talk about the life and the importance of Kobe Bryant and the terrible loss he's brought to everybody in the NBA along in the world. Uh, we discussed the Super Bowl, and we also talked some about the NFL and these Hall of Fame induction and those going into the Hall of Fame. So, come on in and join us on this week's episode of Guys Talking Sports. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Guys Talking Sports. Once again, on another beautiful and chilly evening on our typical Wednesday night, I'm here with my boy Al. I'm sorry. Al is under the weather. I'm here with Earl, as we're going to rock a duo this evening. What's going on, sir? I'm doing good, my man. I have a nice glass of white wine, chilling on a nice, um, brisk Wednesday evening. Right. Ready to talk some shit, as always, about sports. <laughs> yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Uh, Never really like to start off a guy's talk of sports on a more somber note, but uh, it would be behoove us to not speak on the, the life and the, the excellence of Kobe Bryant and what he's meant to the uh, to the NBA and to people around the world, actually, because he's getting a lot of outpouring of uh, support for his family since his untimely passing with himself and Gianna and the seven other individuals on a helicopter flight Sunday morning out in California. Uh, as always, for myself, Earl, and Al, I'm sure, you know, we send our, our condolences to all those who have been affected on this great tragedy. Um, shout out to Vanessa, her family, the Bryant family, his parents, siblings. Uh, rest in peace, Kobe. Uh, you'd be missed. Um, with that being said, I guess it would be like everybody else, you know. Uh, Earl, what's your, what's one thing you probably, I'm sure there's many things that we could possibly remember, but what is one thing that kind of stands out with you when you think about Kobe and what will you miss? Uh, yeah, you know, I was thinking about that the last couple of days. I mean, it's still a lot to process and, you know, for all of us, I mean, you know, it still doesn't feel real. It's, it still feels like it's a bad nightmare or, you know, like just you're kind of waiting for, you know, is this, this a joke or something? Even, you know, when you first start getting the, the alerts and, you know, the t text messages about, you know, you know, Co you know, Kobe died, just this and that. And, you know, then you saw something from TMZ flash up and, you know, even then I still didn't want to believe it. I mean, I, wanted to wait to hear from some reputable not to say that TMZ is not that reputable actually they usually are pretty accurate when it comes to certain things but um like all of us you just didn't want right. to leave it even even when I got back into the house even I didn't even want to whisper and you know as setting off bad karma against somebody even if it wasn't you know a big misunderstanding but you know, right now, the whole world, the sports world, NBA, you know, NFL, all across are all affected by this. And for me, you know, I guess like you, I mean, you know, he came into the league, you know, he, we're a couple of years older than him. Um, so he came into the league when we were in, I want to say, college, was yeah. it? Ruin college, yeah. Um, even when they heard they tra traded Vladdy Divac for Kobe Bryant, I'm like, really? He's just <laughs> high school. I didn't, you know, I thought it was hype, you know, mm -hmm. you know, but to see him transform, and I've always been a Kobe fan from the get go. I mean, watching that first year, you know, to have the cojones to actually jack up some shots in that playoff game against the Utah Jazz, lost, but <laughs> he still <laughs> shot the rock. Right. And that was, you know, and that was, you know, telltale signs to come and, you know, to see him come into his own and really, you know, play and 
you know, by the time they won that third chip with the Lakers, I mean, the first one was, you can definitely say it was all Shaq. The second one was a little bit different, but that third one, that last finals run that they had, you know, that was Kobe, you know, at least in the closing moments. So, you know, that's where I think he started to get that aura, to get that mystique of him being a closer. Um, the Mamba, in my opinion, really didn't come in until after the whole thing with Colorado and all the other stuff that went on. But to me, one of the most indelible, he had a lot of big shots. But the one thing I always remember is that um, it might have been in the Western Conference, almost it was the finals. It was the finals. It was May. And we were out in, I think it was D.C. And I remember the Lakers were playing the Denver Nuggets. Carmelo was on there. And the Nuggets were giving it to him. And I thought they had lost. We were, like, casually watching the game. We were at the club. And next thing you know, we're sitting there walking by TV. And you just see Kobe just jack up shot after shot. Two people guarding him. Three people guarding him. Nobody. I mean, when that man was on, he was on. Point blank. And, um, you know, just the intensity, the ferocity he brought to the game. I mean, it, it's, you know, we haven't seen anything like it, not since Jordan. I mean, everybody talked about all these baby Jordans and wannabes, but no, the closest thing that was to Mike Jordan was Kobe. I mean, if it was like Mike, you know, had like a carbon copy or like a clone, <laughs> that was the clone. I mean, you know, and uh, it's just tough to see. I mean, but, you know, you know, it's hard because there was more people on the helicopter that passed and his daughter was with him. And, you know, it just tears everybody's heart. And I think that, you know, the passing of the man is one thing, but when you are on that chopper with seven or eight other people, one including your 13-year-old daughter, that's just a tough one to kind of digest. And I think that's what's really hitting people the most really hard is that it was just not him, but it was eight other people plus his, you know, his daughter. So it's just, it's rough for everybody. I mean, it's going to take a while for the sports world, the NBA to really, to really absorb and really come to, you know, grips and just to understand the man, the man is gone. His daughter is gone. Those, all those people are gone. It's just going to take everyone a while to really process this down. I agree. I agree. Um, I remember seeing the notifications and I was just like, whatever, man. Somebody just circulating some Photoshop crap. Like, I ain't trying to sit here and believe that Kobe, Kobe Bryant is dead. <laughs> you know, and then to hear all the different stories, to see Rick Fox was on the, on the, the, the cop, helicopter and, you know, not hearing anything official. I'm not saying TMZ don't get things right, but yeah, they get a lot of things more right these days than wrong. <laughs> but I'm like, uh, who, who do they got on payroll that they get misinformation? Like, like do they have people following these things like to the T? Like that's how they're getting their news. You know what I'm saying? Like it's 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 bonkers to me, like how they were able to get that and was able to broadcast it and put it out there. And then, of course, the, the county police scolded them because they didn't even have the opportunity to notify the next, next of kin. Um, when the situation happened, they had to find out via social media. You know, so uh, it's worth the hearing or there. But it's just really, really sad to, uh, to kind of see what was going on. And, you know, I had my birthday on Monday. And... You're supposed to celebrate life, and I was kind of, I was kind of down, only because you know you, you have such an icon, such a figure in Kobe Bryant, and even though it's my birthday, you know that's all that you hear, that's all what everybody's talking about, that's just like the center of attention, and it kind of just, you know, you, you don't take life for granted, but you, you just kind of just sitting there, and you're just like, well, damn. You know, wow. And you're just kind of just reflecting and just seeing what's going on on that side and the, the, the tragedy, the hurt, and the, and the pain that everybody's feeling. This was kind of somber for, uh, for my 45th. So I, uh, 
it was it was quite interesting birthday to say the least. Um, but Kobe and himself had so many, so many moments that I can't even begin to, to even pick one. But if I had to pick one, I guess it'd be the. Well, if I had to pick one, one A and one B, I guess it would be the eighty-one point night when he dropped the second most points in NBA history. And then obviously his last game going out, dropping 60. Uh, granted, he took like 60 shots, but you know, who cares? <laughs> 50, actually 50 shots. <laughs> 50, 60, who's counting? <laughs> <laughs> they just said, go ahead, Kobe, just jack it up, baby. Let's just jack it up. We'll get the ball. Yeah, back. I was watching that game by the end of the, end of the fourth quarter, nobody was guarding. They was just like, here, man, go ahead. <laughs> You know, I, I guess if you were going to have, if you went on a farewell tour, I guess that would be a farewell tour that you would want to go out on, you know. So just so many memorable things that Kobe's done over the years. And then to think about what he accomplished since he retired, that that short film that he did that, uh, that won an Oscar, um, you know, this is Mamba Foundation and uh, – the uh, his his attention to really bring in heightened attention to the, to women's basketball. You know, I just thought he was just off to be, to be doing some amazing things. Like I could honestly see like him probably being the uh, the commissioner of the WNBA at some point, just because of his uh, his love for women's basketball and and his love that uh, Gigi had. Uh, and the moments they were sharing that he was actually teaching her how to play the game, how to play the game the right way, and to be a, a mini assassin like his dad. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's crazy. I've seen this one clip online that was showing, you know, him and his daughter, I guess it was in the inner gym or in his house, or whatever. And, you know, he was showing a couple of his, his vintage moves of how to get space. I mean, offensive foul or not. <laughs> right. But, you know, that was a, a patent vintage, you know, Kobe Bryant moved to get free space and hit a jumper, and she did it and did it in one of the games. And like you said, I mean, the second act of his life, I mean, he had retired a couple of years ago. What, mm -hmm. two, two years ago, maybe? Three, three or four. It's been that long? Wow, okay. Yeah. It's been not that long. But, yeah, I guess it's the, the, the really – the second act of his career, um, when the Oscar for this short film, which I actually got an opportunity to see, which is really good. Um, his company, which was the more the creative side where he was writing books, children books. I mean, there was, you know, he had more space to grow outside of just being Kobe Bryant, Black Mama, the basketball player, you know, there was that creative side, which you, we don't know where it was going to go. I mean, right. How often do you know of guys in any sports genre that comes out and then wins an Oscar, you know, first, you know, first go around without even probably even really trying. <laughs> um, but like you said, I mean, with his daughter, you know, you know, playing basketball and him teaching her in their academy and stuff with WNBA. I mean, there was so much more that he had on his plate. He just, you know, unfortunately, he'll get the opportunity to you know, we won't get the opportunity to see all that he could have been, you know, post basketball career. Right. It, 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 uh, I know we, there's like a, a, a petition online where over, I'm saying, I, I have to assume at this point, where over 2 million people have signed it asking for the NBA to change the logo, the Kobe. And, I thought about it because I saw a clip or I read something where Jerry West, who is currently the logo in WVU alum, go out there, you know, because I'm always shot about WVU. Anyway, um, he actually said that, no, you know, I read it on, I read it somewhere online, um, but he's the logo, but he was never paid royalties for it. Like he never even wanted to be the logo. And NBA just mimicked his one particular move that he had and just made that the logo, and he's just been the logo ever since. And he's not been paid not one red, red cent in royalties uh, based on that. So 
yeah, I guess they could change the logo, but but I understand everybody's just being so impulsive at the moment because you know it's this tragedy, sad, is uh, fresh in everybody's mind. But honestly, if you were to change the logo, I would think it would have to go to Jordan before Kobe, just because you know Magic and Bird brought life back to the NBA, but it was Jordan who took it to the next level. And everybody, it's like, it's like when somebody, you know, smokes crack for the first time and they have that real, real amazing high. <laughs> and then they keep smoking the crack because they're trying to get to that high they'll never reach again. And I'm not saying there won't be other people who eclipse the great lengths, the great heights of what, what MJ has done over his career. But Kobe came about as close as anybody's ever going to come. And he couldn't even get that elusive sixth ring. And then, of course, the seventh ring, because you need to get seven before, you know, six won't mean a hill of beans. You're just tying them in. So I would think it would be, in my opinion, it won't happen, though, because it's a women's league. But in my opinion, I would think that Kobe's logo will be more suited in the women's league, in WNBA, but base it off of Gigi. Of course, don't make it like, don't make it as a little girl, you know, as her as her thirteen year old self. But you know, you got technology now that can assume what her body type and structure would be by the time she's eighteen, and just kind of base it off of her play that that's on YouTube and such, and just find a and just find a, a particular dribble move that she's done, and base it off of that, and let that be like the Bryant logo, and let that be on WNBA. I think that would probably be the best thing because it's championing, championing his idea and love for the, the woman's side. And it also shows love to Gigi because more than likely, by the time 10 years from now, if Gigi was still alive, she'd probably be in the WNBA because she probably would have left UConn early because she would be, she'd be 23 by that time. So she'd probably be top pick in the NBA, at WNBA by that point. So, I don't see why that would that's that's my idea of what I think should happen as far as a logo is concerned if you want to have Bryant be part of the conversation. Hmm, that's an interesting concept. Um very interesting concept. Um Yeah, I'm with you. I think that everyone as far as changing the logo. I mean, yeah, I mean, there's been talks about changing the logo for a while. But always was, you know, Possibly MJ, but we're going to use the Jumpman logo. I mean, you got to cut Nike a check for that one. Right. <laughs> so, you know, if you're saying this is going to be Mike, you know, you got to cut Mike a check. <laughs> that is if he needs the money, but sure. <laughs> you're cutting him a check. And, uh, but yeah, the way they got around by not paying Jerry West is because they just used a silhouette. They never, they never said it was Jerry West. No. <laughs> they don't claim it's Jerry West. Is everybody just we kind of know who it is, but there was no official yeah, the logo was Jerry West. Because once you start doing that, then you gotta start trademarking rights and monies and stuff. So it's a silhouette, but there's no facial features. So they can say, Well, yeah, it, it looks like him, but it ain't really him. It's just <laughs> a move that we've seen people do. And so, but but I'm with you. I think that. You know, everything is still very raw, very emotional right now. And even if you would ask Kobe, you know, if he was still alive, he would probably say no. If anything, either keep Jerry West, which you would probably say, or go to Mike first. Mm -hmm. And if Mike's and if Mike was then to say no, go to Kobe, then I'll be okay with that. But I don't think they will because then it gets very problematic. There's a lot of legal stuff involved and you know, what's not to say a couple of years from now, LeBron James, when he retires or whatever, and people might, you know, the players that are coming up underneath LeBron, that all they, all they know is LeBron, not Mike, and maybe a little bit of Kobe. What's not to say they're not going to say we want LeBron to be the logo. So, and then, you know, when you, it's, it's marketing behind that and then you're changing a brand name, it's like changing McDonald's to go to the Arch M's. I mean, you know it. It's it's like Ford. It's like, you know, General General Electric, General Motors. It's like, you know the brand before you see anybody. So, mm -hmm. 
I mean, I would say everyone, maybe they should just take a deep breath, let everything, you know, let, let, let all this pass. Um, and then after the season, if you want to revisit and have the conversation, then I think it's a conversation that needs to be had. Um, I would say they're probably not going to change the logo um, only because it's the logo and that's the NBA. Um, like I said, it's branding. And if you got a good brand, if you got a good logo, why change it? Even though I understand that people's, you know, reasoning behind it. If they were to change it to Michael, I think nobody would have a problem with it. If they want to go with Kobe, I'll have no problem with it. I still don't think they are, but I think everybody should just take a deep breath mm -hmm. and everything pass. Revisit this after the season ends and everyone's had enough time to process that. And if before next season or you decide to want to change it, then have that conversation. Right. I also heard talk of possibly changing the All-Star game to like Kobe Bryant All-Star game or, you know, anything to kind of just put his mark on some part of the NBA, which is understandable because, you know, Shaq said the best during the TNT pregame show yesterday. I don't know if you got a, the opportunity to watch any of that. Yeah, you kind of almost, kind of almost had, had a tear coming out of my eye. Yeah, yeah, they got me. They got me. Definitely got me. I didn't. I didn't see Shaq. I saw Shaq's seven-minute uh, speech on Bleacher Report this morning. I didn't get the chance to watch the beginning of it, but I watched the tail end once Reggie Miller and um, Jerry West came out. But um. Where was I going with this? Damn, I lost my train of thought this that fast. Um, it's an all-star game or something to that effect. Yeah. Yeah, I lost my train Yeah, it's, it's gone. <laughs> I, I attribute to old age. <laughs> oh, oh, boy. Time to drink more, more green tea. <laughs> Need some Ginkgo Coloba. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I just totally lost my train of thought. Um, but if they are trying to see the All-Star game, I, there's been so many great players that are, I don't know, like I said, I think it's, this is, this is a knee-jerk reaction for everyone to try to do the most to honor, honor the man. But, you know, if you're going to honor him in some form or fashion within the NBA, um, then let's you know, then, then, then think about it. Make sure it's the right kind of honor. You're not just saying, well, we're going to change the All-Star break. I mean, the All-Star game or the logo. Make sure when you do it, it's thoughtful. It's the right thing to do. Something that Kobe would have won. Right. Um, something his family would be okay with. So everyone is rushing to saying, we need to do this, we need to do that. Okay. You know, let's just take a, you know, take a deep breath, a step back, and let's come back to this, you know. And then make sure if you're gonna do some honor to man, make sure in my opinion that it's the right thing to do and it's the you know and it's the and it's the proper and, and most thoughtful thing to do. Mm, just a sad situation altogether. Um gone way too soon. Yeah and and also the other people that are involved there were you know, you know, seven of the people on that plane, I think two or three of them were, one of them was our friends from the, I guess the, um, the traveling basketball team that they were on going to his, going to his academy that morning. Right. So we definitely want to take time to, you know, show our best respects to the other families that are involved because it's just not, you know, the Bryant family, but it's those other families that are going through a, an awful moment at this time and you know our, our hearts go out to everyone because you know, there's going to be some long days weeks months even years and then to try to you know to, you know to deal with and understand why these things happen it's crazy uh the one family was the gentleman was a baseball a college baseball coach at that and it was his wife and daughter on that uh, helicopter and left two other kids behind. Not sure of the ages, but it's like, how do you go from, hey, mom, you're like, hey, mom, dad, 
hey, sis, have a great game today. See you when you get in this evening or talk to you when you get back. And then, you know, unfortunate. It's just, damn, it's like you just took off, took out a whole family and this one fell swoop. Um, but I, oh, you know what? I did, I did read, I don't know. I, I watched the video about Kobe talking about why he started taking helicopters to and from. They said that, you know, the big thing is with Kobe was a big time family man. So he's always been, you know, always wanted to make sure he was there for family, family events, whatever. So he said one day he was, he drove to practice, had his workout, did whatever. And I'm not sure which daughter, but I have to assume it's his oldest daughter because this was some years ago when this video came out. And the oldest daughter was at a play. And he said he left the training facility to try to make it home to the play, but he didn't make it to the play because he was stuck in traffic. So he said from that point on, he recognized that, okay, I can't miss any of my, any of my kids' stuff. So he started taking the helicopter from his house to practice. And then he realized that he could do that and be a practice of 15 minutes, do all that he wants to do, in the, you know, when he gets to practice, work out, study film, do whatever leave practice, get back home in enough time where he could pick up the kids from school and still make up all their events. So that was the reason why he started taking helicopters. And it's crazy that he was doing it for, I don't know, what, 15? He was doing it for years. Right. Years. And then all of a sudden, it's like, it almost makes me wonder, did he have his own private helicopter? Or he just went through a company that had helicopters and this ruled helicopters that way. That I guess I don't know. Uh, I think I think maybe with the Lakers. I think maybe the Lakers had something charted for him, like through the team. But he also he also did have his own, you know, that he did on his own, not his own personal ball plane, but a, you know, helicopter service that you know he would he would use. But I think for the longest time he was just using whatever the Lakers. You know, you know, set aside from and actually a couple of other players, Kawhi, Kawhi Leonard. So when he came back to the um, the Clippers, saying before he even got back to the Clippers or made his actual decision, did he talk to Kobe about that? You know, how to get around, you know, what to expect, and Kobe suggested, you know, using the helicopter surface to get to and from the stadium because of the traffic. And Kawhi himself was using that service, you know, and he said that, you know, like you said, you can get to wherever you're from in like 15, 20 minutes, get your workout on, get your, you know, get your, you know, practice and be back home, even go to games. Right, right. <laughs> get there, you know, finish up your games. I mean, Laker, Lakers games start at what, like 10.30 and be over like 1.30, but that's like, you know, what, seven or eight for them. And then it's over like by like 10.30. You finish up, do your press reports, you catch the helicopter, you're home at 11. Bad by twelve. <laughs> <laughs> right, you don't have to, you don't have to worry about nobody's traffic. And then yeah. you ain't got to worry about you know if you're tired after the game or something. Have to be responsible. Have to drive yourself home. So, uh, it's crazy. This madness, man. Like, hmm. so sad. Just so sad. Just you know, and it's like every day. And then of course, L. Duncan on on uh, ESPN did her little tribute to Kobe. We're talking about it. You know, he's a he's a girl dad. I think that's what's trending right now. <laughs> Girls dad. That's what you are, sir. Yes. yes. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's uh it's crazy, you know, even to see somebody like L Duncan who says she only met Kobe one time. <laughs> and how she got emotional on live TV to see just to see the raw emotion from everybody I mean, I, I gotta give kudos to Shaq, Jerry West uh, D-Wade um, I didn't see Kenny and Charles get emotional um, I didn't see Reggie Miller didn't get emotional on TV but to see Shaq a man of his stature to break down, just to, just to show you that size, height, weight, skin tone, whatever, don't matter. We're all human. 
You know, we, we're all fragile. And when there's pain, you know, we are human and it's okay to cry. I mean, it's this, it's refreshing to see grown men cry. <laughs> you know, it's uh, always taught to be tough and hard and, and all this good stuff. And just to see some raw emotion. This is, you know, just like a, um, what's old boy on uh, ESPN? I forget his name. From Jersey. He's the one that had the motorcycle accident cut his NBA uh, uh, Oh, Jason, Jason Williams. Jason Williams. You know, just to see him on a Sunday, pretty much just cuss live on, on national TV and he got a pass. <laughs> I mean, everybody's like, yeah, I understand. It's Kobe. You know, we're not going to have the FCC probably was like, all right, we're going to give him a pass. You know, we're not going to hit ESPN because it says shit, shit on, on live TV. You know, yeah, it's just, 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 it's amazing what has to happen to see the outcry of emotion from just anybody, you know, on the general, I guess. Yeah. I mean, I guess the one thing I'll, you know, I would say to this is that you know the love and the respect is real. Like you said, when you when you see grown men, I mean, you know, tear. And when you see that, that's when you know the love and the respect and the hurt. That's some real stuff right there. Because, mm -hmm. you know, we'll talk about someone like passing. And, you know, when I can think about it when Mike, you know, Michael Jackson passed or, you know, and Prince passed or other people that, that were, you know, worldly known you guys was like yeah it's unfortunate you know those in their tweets and stuff like that mm -hmm. but when you see in like you know men you know in the sports genre not just nba i mean i've seen nba i've seen it in you know nfl mm -hmm. the super bowl you know even some cats in hockey you saw like you said not just women but some more men <laughs> yeah. that were on tv that were you know tear it up and choked up and, and that's when you know you know the love and respect is real and I had a conversation about this with one of my co-workers um and I guess he was trying to bring some levity to the situation but he made an interesting point he said that if there was any kind of question about who was the most beloved or the better star between Kobe and LeBron this whole weekend about how how everybody was affected by it worldwide. I think that answered the answered the question that you know I think Kobe will be much more beloved even in death than you know more so in life. And you know, like I said, it's just that's uh that's pretty deep right there. I didn't I didn't look at it from uh, that standpoint. You know that. LeBron might be a global icon at the at the moment, but he's not as revered, not as highly revered, I should say. Yeah. As a Kobe. Even years after Kobe has stopped playing the game. <laughs> that's uh that's something to really to, to, to chew on and like really <laughs> kind of have some deep thought. Because you would never guess that. No, and I didn't think about that either. And, you know, it's like, you know, who's better, who's close to Michael? That that conversation to me moving forward is pointless. It's a, it's a new point. I mean, just let it just just let it be where it is. Right. Right. Well, you know, we could talk about this. And I'm sure... I'm sure once Al is back and he's feeling 100%, I'm sure we'll touch on this a little bit more just to get his his reaction and his thoughts about the situation. And I'm sure by this his Kobe's funeral, and if it hasn't been done by that point, will be done around the time when next week sometime. So I'm sure we'll have even more conversation. So though we're tabling this for now, it's definitely not something we're going to be forgetting about anytime soon. But we do have other pressing things going on in sports. Uh, I don't know. I guess the Super Bowl. <laughs> yeah, that is. Yes, yes. You totally forgot about it come Sunday. Yeah. Hell, the Pro Bowl was overshadowed, unfortunately, by the passing of Kobe. 
because when everybody found out, it was around the time the Pro Bowl had just started. <laughs> and, and, and none of them looked like they they wanted to. Well, they didn't like they didn't want to play to begin with, but they really didn't look like they wanted to play. Exactly. So, um, yeah. <laughs> so we have a we have a Super Bowl coming up on Sunday. First of all, I need to say no seven layer dip for you. Um, no what? <laughs> no seven layer dip for you. <laughs> Bean dip? No, no, no. Ditched no, no. <laughs> that, ditch that stuff years ago. <laughs> Tastes good going down. Pure Rock hell. bottom. <laughs> Pure hell on the cup on the way back out. <laughs> oh, nice to have a nice lighter side. <laughs> uh, but yeah, there's a Super Bowl. Chiefs versus 49ers. Uh, I guess. On Friday, I'll wear my Niners jersey just because I can. <laughs> now, are you wearing the, um, the, the, the Jerry Wright? So you wearing the um, Roger Craig one? No, you wearing the. Um... I'm wearing the custom. <laughs> oh, custom. Okay. They said Roger, you know Roger Craig. That's that's going way back. <laughs> uh, I'm, letting this, I'm letting these folks know that my name is on the back of this joint. <laughs> yes, yes. Something of Ronnie Lott. <laughs> um. I'm still, God, you know, it's crazy how you want to talk about this sort of thing, but it even feels weird to talk about it just with everything that's kind of just rolling around. It like makes, it almost makes like how relevant or how, how much does it really matter? <laughs> you know, I mean, but in retrospect, when you had 9-11 and it was around the baseball playoffs and the Yankees, of course, were playing at the time. It kind of brought the city and, uh, and the world back together in some sort of, you know, unifying fashion because of, of sport. But it didn't hit sports like that. Whereas this hit a sport, even though it's not the same sport. <laughs> but it just feels, it just feels odd. It just feels different. It just feels like it's really overshadowed. And you know it's a big deal when they're going to honor somebody who didn't even play that sport <laughs> during their game. <laughs> so, I mean, that's bananas to me when you sit there and think about it. Don't even know. I, I mean, honestly, I don't even know what to, to talk about because it's not. Well, I guess you talk about uh, <laughs> we know who's playing <laughs> right. 49 against the Chiefs. Um, so, I mean, for me, I'm, you know, I had to think about it before, you know, before my, who should I pick? Who was going to win? Um, I was on the fence between the, um, with the Chiefs and 49ers because they're both really good. Um, they, they got the quarterback. But I will say I did make my pick, and I believe that your 49ers are going to come – it's a close game, and your 49ers are going to win. Oh, oh really? I think this is going to be – I think it's going to be um, a high-scoring game, mm -hmm. but I think that everyone has been shitting on Jerry, um, Jimmy Garoppolo, and for what reason, I am unsure because if anybody – they must have forgot to watch that Drew Brees New Orleans Saints game. And if you can go gun for gun with Drew Brees tossing up TDs, you can go, you know, you can go TD for TD with Patrick Mahomes. Mm -hmm. um, so I think that, I mean, Montreal is not going to have the kind of damn four touchdown game he had against the Packers. Um, I don't see that happening because he didn't have more than two during the regular season. Um so I wish we were still playing fancy football because that would have been a hell of a point spread for me. <laughs> uh, yes. But I think the 40 I think the 49ers are gonna um I think they're gonna hold their own with the um the Kansas City Chiefs. And I think it's a little more closer than what some people think. Um people are ready to anoint Kansas City and ready to anoint Patrick Mahomes as the second coming, which he damn very well may be. But it's still Andy Reid, 
We've seen the Super Bowls before. We've seen high-powered offenses, a la the New, the, um, the New England Patriots, go up against a quote-unquote lesser team against the New York Giants, and they got punched in the mouth, and they lost both times. So I think I'm going to ride with the 49ers on this one. No. And deny and deny Patrick Holmes his coronation for being the man <laughs> for another season. Uh, of course, 49 is my team, so I have to I have to go with my squad. You know, I I've been real pedestrian when it came to, when it's been coming to them all season long. Yeah, because you was laying off of them all season. <laughs> Well, good, well, and for good reason. They weren't. They weren't that good three, two years ago. And I never claimed to not be a fan. I just, I just figured that it's better to be quiet and just kind of see how things unfold. If they make it to the playoffs and lose, that's a good season to me because they've been shitty, like you said, for a while. <laughs> so they came out there. They did what they had to do in the divisional round. Came out and did what they had to do against Green Bay. And I truly think how Kansas City's defense reacts to the run will dictate what the 49ers would do for the rest of the game. Because think about it. When they played Green Bay, Green Bay could not stop the damn run. So what the hell did the Niners do? Run it down their goddamn throat. <laughs> and why, I, Jimmy G only, why Jimmy G only threw it? Passes? Right, exactly. I think I think uh, Stephen A. said he's thrown for only 208 yards all postseason. <laughs> Patrick Mahomes probably was due for that in what six minutes and a quarter. <laughs> you know, which can be which can be said they were saving all of his good juices for the Super Bowl, which I, which in my opinion I believe they're gonna they're gonna let him um they're gonna they're gonna let him loose. I personally like look man, if they ain't stopping a run, and I'm not saying can't. Kansas City's defense is all right. I thought Green Bay had a better defense than Kansas City. Yeah. But I I truly believe it's the offensive scheme that the Niners run with all that misdirection is what caught Green Bay off, off guard. And the crazy part is they had no damn adjustment for it come the second half. <laughs> None. And it's almost like the Niners, and I, and I honestly believe that the Niners probably ran the same damn play so many different ways and so many different variations that they probably didn't even crack the surface of their playbook when it comes to the run game. So Kansas City's probably going to sit there and say, okay, we saw what they did against Green Bay. We're going to study that. And then 49ers are going to probably come and punch them in the mouth with some brand new shit that they ain't done all season. But they've been practicing it all season. <laughs> and I have a strange feeling that they're going to go in there with the same mentality. If the 49ers hold on to the rock, they're running the ball, and Kansas City can't stop them, they're just going to run it down their throat. And it's all because of that dude from the from the Chiefs that talked about the the 49ers, uh, D4, talking about he had a hell of a game, blah, blah, blah. The dude from Kansas City was like, I never even heard of D4. They ain't going to come up in here and do that, whatever, whatever. They started talking trash. <laughs> Because think about it. Kansas City didn't talk trash when um, before they played uh, Tennessee. You know, it was, it was the media that was hyping up uh, my man from Tennessee. And the Derrick Henry. Yeah, Derrick Henry. It was the media. So, of course, after the fact, they held him to seven yards. Then Kansas City's defense went out there and was talking all that trash after the fact. Now they're talking that trash going into it. <laughs> Karma's a bitch in that situation. <laughs> yeah, you, you you know you got your chest all pumped out and you're talking. I mean, let's call spade a spade because that at least up until I want to probably see the last what three minutes of that of that of that of that first half, Tennessee Titans was was giving it to him, um, and and Derrick Henry didn't really run, but what the Tennessee Titans were able to do. Is that they were roughing up the um, the Kansas City Chiefs receivers off the line of scrimmage, messing up that timing, roughing them up. Patrick Mahomes had to hold on to the rock a little bit longer, had to move around a little bit, you know, wait for receivers to get open. 
it, it was no clean it was no clean routes being ran. Everyone was getting tapped a little bit. I mean, there's a couple of flags for holding, you know, a little bit like that. I mean, they were pressing, but you know, they were they were putting some hands on the receivers and uh and eventually they were able to kind of, you know, break away. They kind of lightened up a little bit doing that and then boom, 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 boom. And before you know it, they were up by like ten. And now the whole Tennessee Titan game plan had to switch because now you're trying to play catch up ball. And right. once they started doing that and you had to put the ball in Ryan Tannehill's hands, the defense didn't stop Derrick Henry. The offensive scheme stopped Derrick Henry because now you had to try to you were pressed to throw it a catch up and you don't right. you didn't want to get down by more than ten. And once they went away from running the rock and throwing it, I, I it was over. I agree. And for me, the 49ers are going to have to do the same thing. Um, now, the 49ers can toss it. I mean, you got Kittle. You got Debo Samuels. You got some studs out there that if they got to go play catch-up ball, they can do it. And like I said, Jimmy G is – he's no slouch. I mean, everyone is harking on the six – I mean, the eight passes. But like you said, if you didn't have to throw it, why throw it? And, you know, the commentator on the um, 49ers Packers game was saying this is like playing tech bubble where you just got – you know, four running plays. You know, you're running with um, uh, what's my uh, Bo Bo Jackson? <laughs> sweep left, sweep right. <laughs> right, run down the middle. That's all they did. I mean, again, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. And that's exactly what the Niners did. It's like until you can show me that you can stop us on three downs. We're going to continue running this rock. And not even three downs. They had to do it on multiple drives. I guarantee if Green Bay would have stopped them, get a three and out, or maybe if they got one first down and they gave them a three and out, I guarantee the Niners would have probably switched up their strategy at some point. But they were going up and down the field at will. At some point, they just like, you know what? I think they, they, gave, they made Jimmy G throw the ball that one time just to say, okay, we just need you to throw the ball. Just to say you could throw the ball. Now, if I had Jimmy G and Kerry Kittle, well, of course I had Kittle. If I had Kittle at that time and fantasy football was still going on, I'd have been pissed. Not <laughs> 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 touch the rock at all. <laughs> so I'm happy that, you know, we didn't have to worry about fantasy stats at that particular point in time. Oh, I, oh I, I'd have been thrilled. I know you would have. <laughs> Four, four, four TDs and what? A hundred and some odd yards. Oof. Two hundred three. How much? Two hundred three and four. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. He would have gave you what is that? Twenty-four plus uh, ten. So that's uh. He probably would have gave you somewhere around forty-four, forty-five points. Woo. <laughs> Not to mention. He had some long runs, so you know the longer runs would give you an additional points. He may give you like fifty or sixty points. And I and I needed that because Lord knows <laughs> in those last couple of weeks, man, my my offense was just like stagnant. <laughs> well, you know, because uh, that's because I had the uh, the king, the king squad. You know, I should have never lost to Dre, but you know, flukes happen. Should have I should have ran that whole thing undefeated. <laughs> I know. One time I play you, Lamar Jackson don't have a good game, but everybody else have a fucking breakout game. I'm like, are you are you shitting me? Lamar Jackson has a subpar game, doesn't even break 20 points, but I got lit up by everybody else, and my squad was just dead. I'm like, <laughs> oh, that's that's what happens when you pick right. <laughs> I just got lucky. Goddamn. Well, we're getting off topic here. <laughs> don't hate don't hate the player, man. <laughs> Up a little topic here, but um, but oh, real quick, um, let me get your thoughts about um, my man Prime Time. He believes that it the that the NFL um, Hall of Fame is way too easy to get into these years, um, and um, he thinks that you know it's not the Hall of Fame anymore; it's the Hall of Great. Now, apparently. Eli Manning, you know, the proverbial punching bag, and no fault really of his own. I guess that's the comments when he retired. Everybody thought, oh, he's going to be Hall of Famer, and now 
probably more people than Dion that are in the Hall of Fame that were in there for years are now saying that the feels like the requirements are getting lower to allow more people to get in there. So what are your thoughts? Do you think that Dion is right about saying that the Hall of Fame is not what it used to be? I, I'm going on record to say that I don't think I, I, I go on record to say Eli Manning is not a first ballot Hall of Fame. We've had debates on this in other groups. I stick by my guns. You know, if 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 meaning if meaning a Hall of Fame means that you're a quarterback and you you lead a team to a Super Bowl victory twice, you get Super Bowl MVP twice. That just means for two games that you played exceptional. You might have played great for a couple a couple games in a playoff run, but your but your regular season stats and numbers are just huh. like you're doing you're doing what you're supposed to do as a quarterback. You know, if you're basing it off of our, our buddies in our group, uh, one buddy in particular, I will, I will remain nameless, uh, who claims that you're not having a, a great season unless you throw for 4,000 yards and 20 or 30 touchdowns. And one of these days, we want to get him on here. <laughs> I, I would hope so. You know, he'll defend himself to the teeth. That'll be a great conversation. We'll be arguing back and forth. <laughs> that'll be that'll definitely be part of the interruption. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. Time. <laughs> but uh, I'm not saying Eli shouldn't get in. I just don't think he's any different than like like I don't know. Like Eli, like his brother Peyton. Uh, Peyton's a great regular season quarterback too. You know, he just so happens to be in the same time playing around the same time in the same division as Tom Brady, and it's just they just had their fights, their duels, and it just he fell short a bunch of times. So I can't, I can't knock that. It's just that I think Peyton is the first, you know, first shot, you know, uh, a fire hall first. Uh, first battle Hall of Famer, but Eli? Mm. It's like, okay, I, I think I just read something about Troy Aikman, how Troy Aikman is a Hall of Famer, but his numbers are, are, are like no different than Eli's numbers, but Troy is in. I just don't remember if he's a first battle Hall of Famer or not. Yeah, I, I, I'll have to look that up. He may be or he may not. I'm not sure. Um, but to me, I think there are some there are some merit to what he's saying, but the way that he said it comes sounds off a little bit like, you know, get off my grass kind of a kind of a feel. Um, not hate not so much hating, but just being like almost just pointing out Eli. But I mean, yeah, I mean you think when when I think of Hall of Fame for any sport, you know, you think of you know, the best of the best. And I believe, you know, Shannon Sharp said it, said it best, you know, when he was, when he got to Hall of Fame and took his third try, I believe, and he said to one of the guys, well, if my numbers didn't look good first go around, what is going to make it look any good or any different second or third go around? So why do you have to wait? If you are that dude, either you're in well, you're not. I mean, yeah, they have these numbers the saying that we can only allow a certain allotment. Look, either you're good enough to get in or you're not. If I don't get picked, then what the hell? When I'm eligible. So for Eli, I'm a Giants fan through and through. I agree with you. He had very subpar numbers. Um, he had two Super Bowl runs, Super MVPs, and if someone gives me that ridiculous comment about, well, the defense should have got the first MVP. Well, then God damn it, then, then Peyton, then, um, then Tom Brady shouldn't be credited for his first three because those first two or three, you should give them to Adam damn Adam Benatari in the defense because he didn't do jack squat the first two Super Bowls. Damn it, the first three. Now, the other three, I'll give it to him, but if you're going to say that about Eli, and take the other crap from Tom Brady, the GOAT that had six. But, right. but not to get too far off, will he get in the Hall of Fame? Yes. Does his numbers, in my opinion, weren't Hall of Fame? 
Not necessarily. Yeah, he was an Iron Man. He had seventh in, in, in passing yards, played all those games. He had a streak. He led the league in interceptions three years in a row. Yes, he had bad teams, but you don't got to lead the league in interceptions three years in a row. Throw the damn ball out of bounds or just throw it away. Second of all, um, he had some very kooky moments. <laughs> a lot of forced fumbles on his own. Um, and but when you did give him the weaponry around him to do damage, he, he had good, you know, he had good seasons. So I kind of agree with you, you know. But then again, who are you going to knock out? Because now you're being very specific about some people in the Hall of Fame that shouldn't be in the Hall of Fame. Who are you talking about? You know, we you don't want to call names of people currently in there. But now you want to try to call people that might be coming in that you don't think it is. So I love a man prime, but when you start saying those comments, you're talking about people that's currently in that room with you. I think he might be throwing shade at Troy Aikman. I mean, I read the article today where he said his numbers were good, but they weren't great. Like, when you think GOAT quarterback, you know, there's a few out there, Brett Favre. Um, you know, some of the older guys um, that played played the game some years ago. But if you're talking about the, the, the last 20, 20, 25 years, like, who comes to mind as a GOAT? Like, Favre? Like, for me, Steve Young is a Hall of Famer. But really, is he really a Hall of Famer, though? Like, I don't think he did anything that was so outstanding that he wanted to be a – like, Joe Montana, yes. Steve Young, I, I, I don't know. <laughs> I well, then you start talking about the yardage, the, the, the touchdowns, the um, the MVPs. Um, but then, if you're going to separate all those numbers away from Super Bowl wins, and then what you do in the Super Bowl to get there, that's where it gets real dicey because everybody's saying Aaron Rodgers, first fellow Hall of Famer, he has the numbers, he has the touchdown, he won the MVP. Only won one Super Bowl. Right. Same with Steve Young. Same with Steve Young. Same with Drew Brees, who's going to be a first fellow Hall of Famer. Now, the great Peyton Manning is going to get there on the first fellow Hall of Famer, but hell, if you're going to use that same argument against Eli that the defense won it, God damn it, then that second one, Peyton Manning ain't do crap for that foot. That um Super Bowl, and I watched that game. He couldn't throw the ball twenty yards. Yo, right, right, right. I forgot it was so insignificant. I forgot about the Denver Super Bowl. <laughs> that was the defense, and that was the running game. That was that defense that won it. Right. Um, if you want to talk, you can the only me. thing that's keeping uh, Michael Vick out is the fact that he didn't win the Super Bowl and that whole dog dog fighting thing. But if you want to, if you want to sit there and talk about a dude who's similar. To a Steve Young, I mean, granted, yes, his completion percentage wasn't all that great, but you're talking about a guy who's using his feet and his arm to electrify offenses. Steve Young was ahead of his time, and you know when he was doing that. Michael Vick, like, brought it to limelight and was a star. You know, that's probably the only thing that's keeping him out of the hall. His yeah. dog, you know. So I, I don't know. I don't know what kind of what kind of criteria one would need to to ensure that the best of the best are making the Hall of Fame. I mean, Dion plays corners, so I mean, it's only so many decent corners that are that are even Hall eligible. <laughs> yeah. So I, I don't know. It's very uh, very dicey situation for I don't I don't know. It's, it, uh. it, uh, no, no, I guess they're trying to keep the, the, the NFL Hall of Fame a very prestigious club. And, you I, to say. and I, 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 Eli gets in based off his last name. Uh, yes, he gets in partially for his last name, but he gets in because of those not just the two Super Bowl wins, but who they came against in those Super Bowl moments. Beating the, you know, the undefeated New England Patriots team with the GOAT and doing it twice. Yeah, but two games versus the Patriots don't mean crap to me. 
you got to get there. And there's a lot of there's a lot of cats in the NFC that haven't gotten there twice. Hell, freaking Jim Kelly got there four times and lost. And he's in the Hall of Fame. Right. So, but you, like I said, I guess it's a conversation we can go on and on a while or we can always table it to another, to another time. Right, right, right. Uh, well, that being said, I guess we've hit our time for the day. Um, I wish we could have talked more interesting sports tidbits today, but, you know, unfortunately with the passing of Kobe and the time of time spent, just <clears throat> given, this, given that the attention it deserved, you know, kind of took away from other things that we could be talking about. So with that being said, uh, where can folks find you, bro? Ah, you can find me on Snap, Snapchat, Twitter, and the Gram. Uh, J.E. Ross, the number seven. And you can find me on Twitter at CatDaddy1963. That's CatDaddy1963 on Twitter. So, with no further ado, again, we would like to send our deepest condolences and uh, heartfelt uh, wishes to all of those who were affected in the crash on Sunday. Um, don't have a list of their names in front of us, so I'll just say to the nine that were involved, we all know, of course, obviously it's Kobe and Gigi, but there's seven others that uh, that were affected and their families are, are grieving just as much as uh, Vanessa and the Bryant family is grieving as well. So gotta show some love and some shouts out, shouts their way as well. So uh, with that being said, I'd like to wish everybody good night. Thank you for following us, showing us love. We're everywhere. I'm not even about to begin to say where you can't find us because you probably can find us there too. So with that being said, till next time, till next week, stay warm and thank you for